Are you ready for the quantum age? Humanity's next step in evolution? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you to the extraordinary platform of evolutionary voices for the quantum age. Let's explore. Learn more about this upcoming age where we bridge science with spirituality. Where potentiality meets reality. Where we take compassion into action. Our trailblazers and visionaries will ask the whys, the what ifs, while igniting continuous possibility. Come along with us into an age beyond what we know today, where we can grow together in unity consciousness. Experience evolutionary voices for the quantum age, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome to Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister, offering you the how-to to spiritual awakening by addressing on a practical level answers to your deepest questions. David Hoffmeister is a world-renowned teacher of A Course in Miracles and has been traveling the world for the past quarter of a century, offering his wisdom to audiences wherever invited. On this show, you'll hear recordings of David's best live talks, inviting you into an experience of deep wisdom and true clarity. To learn more about David, visit his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Awakening to True Happiness with David Hoffmeister is part of Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age. Heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. We are going to take a deep dive today using a classic movie from the Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment. And I think what today's movie can do is can really help us get more clear about our need to release our interpretations of this distorted world of, of linear time. Because um, the trick of the ego is to become accustomed to the world, to be adapting to the world, to be adjusting to the world as if the world is reality. Because the ego's trick is to make up a world it's such with such vivid colors and sights and sounds and and to seem to be the only thing that there is that you can say well if i can see it with my body's eyes and hear it with my body's ears if i can feel it and taste it and touch it it must be real and this is what in the East they call Maya. This is a world of illusions that was made up to be so realistic that it would take the place of the light of eternity. And so, for those of you that practice the, the workbook of A Course in Miracles and the mind training of A Course in Miracles, you know that here in January, if you're doing it along with the calendar year, that these early lessons are very much of a, a questioning of the mind and the thoughts, a questioning of the images, a questioning of perception. And you can start to feel as you go through it, I mean, this is day 27 of, of 
of the calendar. So if you're up doing the lessons, you're on 27, you can already feel in the first 27 lessons like something is being dismantled, something is being dissolved, something is being taken apart. Jesus is dismantling our linear perception of the world. And it does require faith. There's so many times in the Bible and in the Course where Jesus is talking about faith. Even 2,000 years ago when uh, Thomas came after Jesus went through the crucifixion and the resurrection, Thomas came and, and Jesus went right to Thomas and he showed him the holes uh, in his arms. And, and he said, it's okay, you can touch. And then he said the famous line, you know, blessed are those who have seen and who have believed. Far greater blessed are those who have not seen and who have believed. That's what faith is. Faith is coming from inside your heart. Faith is the prayer in your heart to know the truth. Faith will take you all the way to God. And nothing of your five senses will take you to God because they are illusions. They're very temporary. Everything that's part of the temporal world, the ephemeral world of time and space, it has a beginning and it will have an end. Whether you want to call that the beginning, the, the Big Bang, or you want to call it uh, in the human life, birth, uh, it doesn't really matter. Everything of this world is temporary. And God and Christ are eternal. Our identity as the Christ is an eternal being and, and Jesus tells us we are an idea in the mind of God and we have not left our source. So he says you're home, at home in heaven and dreaming of exile. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take a little bit closer look at, at this process of dreaming. Uh, it's a beautiful metaphor because when you're dreaming at night, even as a human being, you see scenarios and you see situations and you see people. Sometimes you might see the body that seems to be you, your body avatar flying through the sky. So there seems to be less rules in nighttime dreams. <laughs> oh, I went flying last night. Oh, in my dreams. Everyone, oh, wow, tell me about it. If you tell them you went flying during your daytime experiences, they say, what do you think, you're Superman or Supergirl or something, you know, flying around through the clouds? Maybe you should see a shrink. <laughs> Nani. Nani says, I'm open for business if anyone wants to come. <laughs> if, you, if you tell me you're flying during the day, I tell you, well, let's, let's come I, sit on my couch for a while. <laughs> but Actually, this is really profound because there's been so many mystics and saints and avatars and they have showed the way. They lived very devoted, simple lives of prayer and meditation. And we're very grateful for them because of, of the stillness that they showed us. They basically were showing us it is possible to live a life devoted to God. And it is possible to 
put your whole heart into devotion to God. So thank you to all the mystics and saints, the avatars, for showing us that, for being symbols of that. Now there's a lot of mystics and saints that say, empty your mind. You know, Buddha said, empty your mind. In fact, all the mystics and saints have said, empty your mind of everything you think you think and think you know. Uh, they will emphasize prayer, they will emphasize meditation, and now in the modern era, we have things like quantum physics. Uh, anybody here interested in quantum physics? Really cool stuff. The, the quantum field, wow, the quantum field where everything's connected, everything's energy. Uh, we're finding that quantum physics is saying there basically is is no perceptual world apart from your thoughts. So they, quantum physics is basically bringing in the, the field of consciousness and saying, okay, we're not going to talk about the material world as if it's separate from consciousness, because it's not. Wow, thank you. All the great quantum scientists going back to Einstein uh, and all the great quantum scientists are, are basically echoing the same teachings that Jesus is teaching in A Course in Miracles. And of all the great psychotherapists, I mean, I, I think back uh, to Carl Jung, uh, and, and he basically says, the, the only way to be free of your shadows is to look at them. Wow, there's Carl Jung saying the same thing that Jesus is saying. So all the great teachers and, and the great philosophers and and the great quantum physicists and, and psychotherapists are, are all echoing, we'll say bits and pieces, but here we have Jesus who is the master, because he has literally completely transcended time and space with no trace. So when you say the word Jesus, you can just think of the spirit Jesus, the, the divine Jesus, the Jesus that doesn't even have a body, and that, that the Holy Spirit used the body 2,000 years ago just to express symbols and words. But actually, he does tell us in A Course in Miracles that it says in the Bible, the Word, capital W, was made flesh. But Jesus says in the Course, strictly speaking, that's impossible. Because the Word of God is, I am as God created me, it's the Spirit. And Spirit doesn't come into flesh. All we have are reflections in the mirror. And all those reflections are for, including A Course in Miracles, including Jesus the Man and Mary Magdalene and all the mystics and saints, they're just little bits and pieces of reflectors saying, be still, go within, lay aside the meaning that you've given to all these images. So in the Bible, some of you might know that that there's a very famous line, make no images before the Lord thy God. I thought, okay, I'm not going to make any totem poles in my backyard or anything like this. No, he's basically saying the same thing that the mystics and saints are saying, is that you have to go inside for the kingdom of heaven. Not inside your body, but you have to go deep, deep inside your heart, inside your mind, into a stillness, that is free of images. And 
when Jesus is teaching us in those early workbook lessons, he's basically teaching us the mechanisms of, of perception and thought. So, this movie today is actually going to be a practical laboratory experience. So we've read in the, the workbook, we've read the lesson, and now today we're going to go into the laboratory. And this lesson will be for us to experience. So we can go deeper into the actual experience of what the lesson is pointing toward. So I want to point out, let's just look at a couple lessons that relate to this movie. We'll start off with lesson number 15. My thoughts are images that I have made. And this is what Jesus says in the first paragraph. It is because the thoughts you think you think appear as images that you do not recognize them as nothing. You think you think them, and so you think you see them. This is how your, quote, seeing, your perception was made. This is the function you have given your body's eyes. It is not seeing. It is image making. It takes the place of seeing, replacing vision with illusions. So if you can feel what Jesus is saying in that lesson number 15 there in the first paragraph, is he's saying, when you say, I see a, a rainbow, or I see a sunset, or I see this person, or I see my cat, he's basically saying, this is image making, this is not seeing. Uh, you might, if for some of you that are doing the daily lessons, this is lesson number 27 today, uh, it is that it's coming to really, really see I am determined to see things differently. And when he's saying see things differently, he's not talking about a different angle of the dream. He's not talking about a different um, orientation inside the dream. He's basically talking like that commercial that played at the beginning, seeing simultaneously. He's saying, you cannot see anything when you're looking through the body's eyes. You are in a state of sleep. You are dreaming. You are image-making. You are using the power that God gave you in your mind, and you're giving it to an ego filter, and you're making up a hallucination. And this is very frightening to you. You're, you're hallucinating. Even people in this world, when, when they feel like they're hallucinating, whether it's through a drug experience or, or something else, they usually have a sense of fear that comes rushing in right away, and it's like, okay, stop, the, stop this drug trip, or take me, call my psychiatrist, my, psych, my psychotherapist, because the fear can be immense. Hallucinating is associated with insanity. And Jesus is saying, well, I want to tell you, you're still hallucinating, but you, you don't associate this with insanity. You, you call this seeing. You think you're actually seeing something 
when you're in a, in a hallucination. And now you become so adapted and adjusted that the hallucination has become so familiar to you, so cozy, so cozy. It's, the hallucination seems so natural that you finally are going, now you're calling it reality, Jesus is saying. Oh my gosh, you forgot eternal reality and now you're calling the hallucination reality. You know, when someone's talking to you on the phone and they start talking about something and, you, and like it's a fantasy, you say on the phone to them, come on, get real. But that real, Jesus is saying, is eternity. That's what's real. Eternity is real. God is real. Christ is real. So, let's skip down to lesson 18. I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my seeing. The idea for today is another step in learning that the thoughts which give rise to what you see are never neutral or unimportant. It also emphasizes the idea that minds are joined, which will be given increasing stress later on. Today's idea does not refer to what you see as much as to how you see it. Okay. So, I am not alone in experiencing the effects of my seeing. He's saying, we need to start to see that this is how we see the world. That everything we think other people are doing, it's not really that they're doing it. It's that we think that they're doing it. We think that they're ignoring us. We think that they were rude. We think that they weren't courteous, or that they weren't gentle. We think our thoughts are giving meaning to the people. The ego has peopled the world using the power of our mind to make up a hallucination in which we think these other people are not being nice to us sometimes, or they're not treating us kindly, they're mistreating us. In the more extreme cases, the belief is, these characters have abused us. We believe that they're a body, and we believe that we're a body, and that bodies can seem to mistreat other bodies. In this hallucination, that's what seems to be happening. But Jesus is just saying, no, 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 this is how you're seeing the world. It's not there. You're, it's just, there's only one of us, and there's really no world at all, but you're hallucinating a nightmare in which sometimes you feel loved and sometimes mistreated. Sometimes you feel, feel like you're being treated the way you should be treated. Sometimes you feel like you're not being treated the way you should be treated. So, so the movie for today is going to explore that theme in a very deep way. Because when the mind seemed to fall asleep and believe in the ego, this generated what I'm going to call an authority problem, or I'll call it in simple terms, it's a control issue. And when the mind believed in the ego, it tried to get rid of it by projecting a world. Jesus says that's what projection is, the attempt to get rid of something that you do not want. The mind tried to get rid of the ego by 
seeing it as acted out in a, a cosmic dream. But Jesus tells us, you don't get rid of something through projection, that's how you keep it. <laughs> you keep the ego by projecting. If you blame somebody, if you blame your neighbor, your friend, your, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, if you blame them, if you blame the government, if you blame any, any particular uh, tyrant or a military general, or if you blame anyone, it's Jesus is saying, that's how you keep the ego. The blame game keeps the ego in awareness. And so, to believe in the ego, that's, that's a horrific belief that you could separate from the Creator. And then you try to get rid of it by projecting, and then the most frustrating thing about the perceptual world and the hallucination is, is then you try to control the projection. You try to control the people. You try to control the situation. You try to control your cat or your dog. You try to control if there's pests, if there's ants that get in your house. You try to eliminate them. You turn into mafia, godfather. There's ants in my bedroom closet. It's war. It's war. Those ants have got to go. It's me or the ants. We are not going to coexist in this house. Ants on the outside, I am on the inside. Ants, get this straight. This is my house. And, and that's an example of, of the control issue. But, don't you know, it comes everywhere. You, you seem to have it with all the people in the dream. Even the ones that you like sometimes get a little testy. It's like, I love you, man, but you get on my nerves. You're getting on my nerves. You're, 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 you're interfering with my mojo. You're, you're, you're not in my groove. Come on, get back in the groove. Let's groove together. You start to realize that it's not just the ants. It's everything. It's the temperature. It's too hot. It's too cold. Uh, the food, it's too salty. It's not salty enough. The, the climate, it's too moist. It's too humid. It's too dry. It's too dry. You start to realize that just like Mick Jagger told us, you, I can't get no satisfaction. We cannot find satisfaction in this projected world. And we, have any of you tried? Have any of you tried to find a satisfaction? We've tried, and we've tried, and we've tried, and we've tried, like Mick Jagger says. But, but we can never find contentment we can never find peace in this projected world, because it's a hallucination. And, and the reason it's so disturbing is because this projected world is not the will of God. Jesus tells us in the Course, God's will for you is perfect happiness, and he also says that a child of God can only know that perfect happiness in the environment in which he was created, meaning spirit. You can only know perfect happiness in heaven because God created you to be perfectly happy in heaven. And you're still with God in heaven, so you still are perfectly happy, but if, if you don't know it, 
if you're not aware of it, then you're dreaming a dream and it's a hallucination and it's not the will of God. So when I grew up, I was very confused because I was growing up in a Christian church and, and I would see things on the news sometimes, a bomb exploding or a country invading an, another country. And I would see people getting divorced and I would see people getting sick and dying and everything. And sometimes when I would explain this and I would ask, why, why is God allow this terror and this horror to happen, uh, they would just say, it's a mystery. Very unsatisfying for me. It's, it's a mystery. It doesn't tell me any. It's a mystery. And then when I would say, well, wh but why did, why did God allow that country to invade that other country? They would just say, just accept it. It's the will of God. I had trouble accepting invasion as the will of God. I don't know, anybody else have problems with that? You know, I have problems with, with seeing what I thought was murder or, or disease or plague or whatever as the will of God. Oh, that tsunami wiped out that whole village or the forest fire destroyed this and this. It's the will of God. And Jesus is telling us, no, God's will for you is perfect happiness. And, and in heaven, your will and God's will are one. Isn't that make sense? God created Christ to have the same will for perfect happiness that God has. But Jesus is saying there is no will in this world. So even philosophers who say free will versus destiny, they're trying to equate decision with free will and destiny with fate, like you have no choice. But actually that's not even, that's just more opposites because the will of God is for perfect happiness and love. So this world is not a world of will. It's a hallucination. It's a hallucination. When people hallucinate, we usually say go to a psychiatrist because we know that hallucinations intuitively are, are a mind issue. Even if you have them when you're having like a hallucinogenic drug or a an ayahuasca experience or something like that, if you experience hallucinations, it still comes back to the mind. You can't put it off and blame the mushrooms. You know, you don't stop blaming. Come on, now we're blaming the mushrooms. Oh, they were good. I was having a great experience and then I started hallucinating. Blame the mushrooms. You know, blame the drugs. No, 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 no. We, we have to see that it's a projection and when we blame anything, we're just believing in the hallucination as being real. Now, there's something interesting. I'm going to read one more paragraph before we start the movie because there's a, an interesting paragraph that Jesus has where he's, he's, he says this, The world you perceive is a world of separation. Perhaps you are willing to accept even death to deny your father, yet he would have not have it so, and so it is not so. In other words, maybe you are even willing to accept the hallucination of death to keep your world intact, your hallucination going. But God is not a God of death. God is a God of pure love. And, and 
Perhaps you are willing to accept even death to deny your father, to deny your creator, to deny the spirit. Yet God would not have it so, and so it is not so. There we go. Thank God for the will of God. The will of God is eternal life. Hooray! Hallelujah! Glory to God in the highest. The will of God is eternal life. The will of God is that there is only eternal life. There is no such thing as death. You can't die. Isn't that a wonderful a feeling to have? Just even for a moment, I can't die. I'm invulnerable. I can't die. I am immortal. Isn't that beautiful? This is not a body saying this. This is, this is eternal life speaking to us. You still cannot will against him. And that is why you have no control over the world you made. Ho, ho, ho! That's why we have no control over the world, because Jesus is saying, that's right, you have no control over hallucination. What's the problem? The only problem is believing that hallucination is real. And then you start trying to control the ants, and control the pets, and control the pe people, the neighbors, the partners, the government, you, you start to control your, you try to control your relatives, you know. It's almost like you, you want to put the whole world on a leash and say, listen, you behave. If you don't, I've got a collar on your neck. I'm going to put you on a leash. I'm going to put you on a, if you start behaving, I'm put you on a short leash. You're going nowhere. I'm, I'm watching you. That control is the ego still holding on to its grasp of the hallucination. And then Jesus says, The world you made is therefore totally chaotic, governed by arbitrary and senseless laws, and without meaning of any kind. For it is made out of what you do not want projected from your mind because you are afraid of it. Yet this world is only in the mind of its maker along with his real salvation. Only in the mind of its maker. In other words, instead of saying, I see the color red, you could say, I, I have made an idol called the color red. I'm not seeing red. I'm, I've made an idol. And what that I that made the idol is, well, let's just call it by its name. It's the ego made the color red. I don't know if you ever read uh, Plato. Plato used to ponder these things. That shows you how deep the Greeks were. There was one time where Plato said, is there really a color red? Is that deeper or not, huh? Is there, Plato, I love the guy. Is, that, is there really a color red or are there just objects that we assume have some characteristic, and we call it red. In other words, Plato was saying, is, is red real, or is it made up? Is it just objectified with false evidence? Deep, deep Plato, that's the, and here comes Jesus, here comes the master saying, right on Plato, right on, you had it. For it is made out of what you do not want, the ego, projected from your mind because you are afraid of it. You're afraid of the ego. Yet this world is only in the mind of its maker along with his real salvation. 
Do not believe it is outside of yourself, for only by recognizing where it is will you gain control over it. For you do have control over your mind, since the mind is the mechanism of decision. Wow! He's telling us we have no control over the hallucination, but we do have control over our mind because it's the mechanism of decision. And that's what he meant earlier in lesson number 18 when he was saying you have no neutral thoughts. Every single thought that we think we think is either thinking with our right mind and Jesus and the Holy Spirit or our wrong mind. But Jesus is saying, the right mind is powerful and you will perceive a, a simultaneous stream, a happy real world if you're in your right mind. And you'll see you're, you're it. It's just mind is one. There's not multiple minds, multiple thoughts. There's no private minds, private thoughts. It's just one mind. But if you perceive with the wrong mind, you will hallucinate a world that's not really there. You will but think, you're thinking real thoughts and you will think you're seeing a real world, but it's not even there. It's never been there for one instant. It's completely been corrected by the Holy Spirit and, and this is the way we start to let go of the hallucination. We have to start to think, death is a ridiculous idea. How could I have, have been so foolish to believe in death? when God created me as an eternal being. That, that's just a foolish, ridiculous idea. To the human being, to the projection, it seems to be a very serious thing. You know, that's why healthcare is so important. Longevity is important. If you knew you were, were an eternal being, would you be concerned if you're eating the right thing? Would you be concerned about thighs and, and fat and skinny? Would you be concerned if you looked in the mirror whether it looked one way or another? Whether you, you look like, a, like an ogre or a beauty model? What really would it matter to an eternal being, really? What, what would any of it matter? In fact, you probably would just, in your heart, just laugh all day. <laughs> you would just, like that uh, song that John Dever did, let me drown in your laughter. I like that line. I always thought, I like that. I want to drown in laughter. <laughs> I'll go, I'll happily drown in laughter because you're letting go of the death idea. The, you know, Jesus says the world will end in laughter because it was a place of sorrow. Of course it has to end in laughter when you see that you made it up and now you're not going along with that making anymore. <laughs> You know, even the workbook lesson, I have invented the world I see. You notice invented is past tense. I have invented. Invented. Jesus is like, it's over. It's gone. Join me in the happy laughter. Join me in lesson 158, you know. We're just reviewing mentally images that have already gone by. Gone by. They're gone. 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 So, this is what the movie is about because in our movie today, our movie is from 2012, it's called Ruby Sparks. 
And Ruby Sparks is about a writer who, uh, he was very successful as a teenage writer. He wrote a, a great novel, he became very famous, very well-known, very renowned. His name is Calvin, and, and now Calvin's grown up and he's an adult, and everyone's waiting for that second novel. You know, that's how the world is. You, you do something successful, and everyone's like, what's next? You do a successful movie, they say, when's your next movie coming out? You write a successful book, when is your next book coming out? Well, that's what Calvin is going through. He was very successful, wrote a, a hugely successful novel when he was a teenager. Now he's, he's an adult and he's kind of depressed and, and a bit, he's kind of a loner. Uh, he doesn't have a, a girlfriend, a partner, a wife. He's got a dog named Scotty, which he named after F. Scott Fitzgerald, the great writer who wrote The Great Gatsby. You know, he's, he's kind of, we could say he's, he's demonstrating the, the ego, the scarcity principle. The ego is the belief that something is lacking, something, there's scarcity. And in heaven, there is no scarcity. In heaven, it's just pure light, love, eternal oneness, abundance. But on earth, through this hallucination, then we start to realize that this is where the, the scarcity principle is being projected into our personality selves, into all of the personalities, into the plants, the animals, even into space, you know. You could say, uh, what's, what's missing on the moon? They, they sent men to the moon, Neil Armstrong, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. He steps down there, they're wearing these big suits, big astronaut suits. Why are they wearing astronaut suits on the moon? There's no oxygen. Damn, even the moon. The moon is projected with this scarcity belief. Go there, there's no plants, there's, it's just a bunch of dust and rocks. But for the human being, worse, there's no oxygen. You've got to put artificial environment on just to even be there. Well, Jesus is saying, that's what you've done now with these bodies. Your body suits are artificial environment because you're in a loveless place. <laughs> you're in a loveless place. You. You are in a place, has anybody ever went walking in the woods and you find yourself hiking, 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 you're happily hiking, and then you come, and you don't realize it, but you're hiking in a thorn bush, uh, brush, and, and there's thorns all over your shoes, and now it's on, it's on your pants, it's on your, your belt's got thorns, your, oh my God, it's on your, they're getting on your, on your skin on your shirt, on your face, you're just in a thorn bush. Jesus is like, think of the hallucination like this. This world is a world of thorns. Has anybody ever noticed that every day? Something else is sticking on you, right? Something is sticky. Something you don't like is sticky. Maybe it's the temperature, maybe it's the moisture, maybe it's a person you haven't seen in 20 years that rubs you the wrong way and you meet them and they still rub you the wrong way. And it's sticky, 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 sticky. They say, hey, you want to go out and have a drink? No, I'm, I'm busy. You know, 
Because why? Because this is a world of thorns. And Jesus says the reason it's a world of thorns is because it's a projection of your mind. You're trying to get rid of the ego and you're seeing the ego as if it's images now and they're all sticky. Even some of them you like for a while, but then they turn sticky. Did anybody notice that? You like something, you know, it's like, you know, you go to have some ice cream and you, you have an ice cream cone and you're, you're all happy, slurping, it's a nice day, you're eating, drinking the ice cream cone and then when you get finished with the cone, you notice this one teeny weeny itsy little bitty thing, your fingers, it went on your fingers, your fingers are sticky. <laughs> and you don't like sticky fingers, you go, such a good cone. My I love that ice cream, sticky fingers. You have a, you have a moist, uh, a moist cloth, yes. you have a napkin or something, you've got to get, this, get the sticky off the fingers, can't stand to be there sticky, not even for five seconds, get the sticky off. It's a sticky world, Jesus is saying it's a sticky hallucination, but the only way that you escape the stickiness is you start to realize, wait a minute, it's not external to my mind. It's just thoughts. This is a world of thoughts. There is no objective reality. There is no objective world outside my mind. Even in heaven, ideas leave not their source. Christ never left the mind of God. Ideas leave not their source. But in this world, every thought you have is still in the mind of the thinker. It has not left the mind of the thinker. Therefore, Jesus says, forgive. If you don't like the stickiness, forgive it. Get rid, let it go. Let go of the sticky thought. Because it's, it's just in your mind. There's really no actual objective sticky fingers. There's just the thought of sticky fingers, you see? Thought of a body, thought of sticky fingers. So that's why the Course in Miracles is, Jesus is teaching us to forgive in our mind. He's not saying, he does say, seek not to change the world, seek rather to change your mind about the world. He's saying, it is with your thoughts alone that we must work. And I, I, I got very curious with Jesus years ago and I did start to say to him, can you give me a diagram? And he gave me levels of mind. Some of you have seen it, I think it's levelsofmind.com. It's in some of the books, Awakening Through Course in Miracles, different books. But the very center of those concentric circles is desire, your prayer in the middle, then belief, then your thoughts, then your emotions, then your perceptions. And basically, that's what Jesus is saying. You need the lesson of today, which is today's lesson. Uh, above all else, I am determined to see. If you put that, that prayer in the middle, of that diagram in the desire, if the only desire for you is to see with the vision of Christ, it is granted. But if you have a desire for the love of God and for an ice cream cone, it's not going to work because, you know, God is eternal and the ice cream cone isn't. <laughs> it's temporary. So really what Jesus is saying when he says nothing real can be threatened, he's saying nothing eternal can never be threatened. Spirit cannot be threatened. And nothing unreal exists. 
Nothing that's temporal actually has any existence. That herein lies the peace of God. That's the introduction to A Course in Miracles. And what we're going to see in the movie today is we're going to see what happens if you start imagining something and you say, I like, I like, I'm imagining something, I like it. I know it's only rock and roll, but I like it, I like it, yes I do. You know, when you see an image and you go, I like, then watch how quickly you go to, I don't like. You know, you go from I like, I like, to I don't like. And when you go to I, I don't like, watch the control mechanism come up and go, this needs to change. And then the reciprocity comes in. I'll like you if you behave. I'll like you if you, like Pat Benatar, treat me right. Dun, dun, dun. You, you know, we're telling the images that they have to treat us right. But we put them there. <laughs> Jesus is like, this is crazy. You put that image there to say that to you, and now you don't like it. Let it go, Jesus says. Why don't you just let it go? You don't hold on to that thought, you know, because it's your thoughts that are doing this. And underneath all ego thoughts is the belief in separation. The ego is what's generating, I use the analogy of like an aquarium. There's a big aquarium with and it's got a little pump, you know, they call it aerate the aquarium. Little pumps going, and the pump is pumping bubbles into the water. And then Jesus is like, you just accept it as real. And you don't like some of those bubbles. And some of those bubbles you like. But he's saying, go down to the bottom, go to the pump, then go follow the cord. The pump has a cord that's plugged in, and go unplug the cord. And then, no bubbles, be still, and know that I'm God, you can enjoy your stillness. But the problem with the human condition is trying to, to decide which bubbles will take you back to the stillness. None of them! <laughs> That's why the Buddhists meditate. That's why everyone who, who tries to still their mind tries to meditate. They're trying to get down beneath the bubbles. And Jesus is like, well, you, it's a lot of work, but you can come here at Atonement, we can just unplug the pump. It's a lot simpler. Just come with me and follow my instructions, we'll unplug the pump. Because the idea of separation never had reality, so those bubbles can't be real. They can't be disturbing your peace. It has to be the pump that's generating them, and why are you giving it juice? Why do you keep the, pl the ego plugged in? Unplug it! Unplug it from your mind. Don't give your mind over to these thoughts. So, Ruby Sparks will be, Calvin, our main character, is going to, he's very depressed, uh, he's, he's so lonely and depressed and, and so feeling so down on his whole life. He, the best thing in his life is Scotty, his dog. But he's trying to control Scotty. Have any of you ever tried to do that with your pet? You try to control the pet, tell it where it can do its business, uh, and, and try to control the food habits, the, the flea habits, no fleas in the house, please. Uh, you know, you put, there's a lot of control that gets projected onto pets, but this is the same 
same dynamic. So he's going to a therapist, uh, and the therapist in this movie is played by Elliot Gould, and his name is Dr. Rosenthal. Isn't that fun for us Course in Miracles? Teacher, everyone know Bob Rosenthal? He passed away, but he was, he was co-president of the Foundation for Inner Peace when he passed away. And so Dr. Rosenthal is, he's very much like Bob Rosenthal. He's very, very gracious, generous therapist. But anytime you're going to a therapist to try to make your life better, it's still, you don't really see that you're hallucinating. Uh, because if you saw it was just the thoughts that you're holding on to, you, you could just drop it. You don't, have, you don't need a therapist <laughs> to tell you how to be happy. We've got Jesus, the master therapist here. <laughs> and he's given us the, the way that will work for peace of mind. We, we don't need to look outside ourselves. We can see them as mirrors. Maybe you have a really good therapist. I think Dr. Uh, Rosenthal in this movie is, is quite a good therapist. He's very humorous. He's lighthearted. He just offers suggestions. You know, he's not controlling. He's a, he's a good therapist. But the reason that Calvin is going to the therapist is because he's, he's not happy. That's why people go to therapists and to doctors. They're not happy. So, He's going to get a suggestion and he's going to start to have some dreams and get some suggestions from his therapist which will take away his writer's block and he's going to start to write the girl of his dreams. He starts to write the girlfriend that would be the girl of his dreams, the one that would truly love him, that would make things all right, that would actually love his dog Scotty. That's a big prerequisite for the girlfriend. He, she has to love Scotty. She doesn't love Scotty, she's out. You see, there's rules, but the mind is making up these rules to try to objectify eternal, unconditional love. And that's what the special relationship is about when you try to objectify it. When you try to see a form that will bring you unconditional agape love, the ego is going, ha ha, gotcha on that one. I'm trying to find it in the form. I'm hoping you're going to go for this. But it also, this movie will show us that as soon as he thinks the woman of his dreams has now appeared in his life, he will soon notice that there are things that are sticky. And that's when the control gets activated. Always, whenever we think something's not going our personal way, we are activated to believe that our buttons are being pushed, or we're being triggered, or something is just not right. Something in form has to change, the ego says, because that's the whole ego plan of salvation. If something in form would change other than my mind, I would be happy. And the Holy Spirit's plan is, if, if my mind would change, regardless of the form, <laughs> I would be happy. That's the most clear way of putting the distinction between the Holy Spirit's plan of salvation and the ego's plan of salvation. So, th this movie is loaded with everything, and it's really, it's one purpose is to show us that as long as you think 
you can manifest a reality in form that is unlike God, the creator, abstract love, light, and spirit, you will have a control issue and the only solution to that control issue is to let it go. To say, God, I want to know your will for me and I release all attempts to have a separate will apart from you. That's going to be the only way that the control issue is going to go. And even at the most basic level, you can, you can be reminded of the metaphysics that Jesus is teaching us in the Course. He basically is teaching us in the Course that God is the author of reality. So God creates reality and reality is eternal. So Christ is an eternal idea in the mind of God, you see, and, and even Christ has creations, but they're eternal. They have nothing to do with bodies at all. Just like in the Bible, they have the begat stories, you know, we have Adam and Eve, and then we have, go like Cain and Abel, we go through all the way, the begat stories. Most of the Old Testament is begat, 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 begat. That's what we call in this world procreation. That's procreation. But procreation isn't creation at all. Creation is always of spirit. When we say, oh, we created a beautiful painting or a beautiful song, where we create a beautiful story. In this case, um, Calvin authored, when he was 19, he was already at the top 10 bestseller list because as a teenager, he authored a book that has been called by this, this man we just heard, a, an American classic. But if you go all the way back to the author idea, at one point Jesus was saying, the mind that's asleep, that has forgotten God, has an authority problem. And it, in other words, it's forgot what the true author is. That God is the author of reality. That's why even the New Age movement, you know, a lot of New Age books were very helpful for me in my awakening. I love them all, The Secret, and on and on and on. But actually, the core idea of, of the New Age is that you create your own reality. And that's not what Jesus teaches us at all. He's teaching us, God is the creator of reality, and you can only accept it because it's always there for you. And it won't change. God's not changing his mind. God's not saying, ah, oh, maybe I'll dabble in time and space, uh, this eternal creation stuff's getting boring. God is not bored. God is pure love. And, and it's the mind that believes it can author apart from God that, that is the problem. That's the ego. The ego is saying, no, reality, I'll, I'll make up a reality of time and space that's temporary and that will take the place of the eternal. But, but Jesus is saying, no, God is the author of reality and you can only accept it. That's why in his book, he says, the sole responsibility of the teacher of God and the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. Just accept reality as it is, he's just saying. That's all I'm asking. Uh, Byron Katie says, love, what is? How's that? You know, there it is right there again. Love, what is? Accept reality exactly as it is. Don't try to make it different. Don't try to make it different. And, and I know for, for me, seemingly the symbol of David's been used of, around the world in all these countries for the last three, three half decades. And actually, <clears throat> people have sometimes say, oh, you're an author. 
And I always say, in my, I think in my mind, no, every time. Everyone says you're an author, but, but they said, but you've done books. No, I just let the voice for God speak through me and people make books. But the ego made the whole time and space, including David. The ego has made everything in form. And that form can be channelized and used by the Holy Spirit to point back to the light, meaning let go of it all. Let go of everything that you think is real in this world because everything serves as an attack thought and a block for God. Everything that you think of as specific. Specific people, places, things, specific time, milliseconds and microseconds and seconds and, and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years and on and on, decades. All, 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 all of it is, linear time is a projection of the ego. God is eternal. Why would God be messing around with time? God doesn't need time. God doesn't even know of time. So, so when we pray to God, we're really praying to forgive the illusion is what we're praying. We're asking the Holy Spirit to help us release the illusion. Thank you for listening to this edition of Awakening to True Happiness with modern day mystic David Hoffmeister. You can access more of David's teachings by visiting his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Tune in to David again next week on Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age. Heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network.